we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Katie's already laughing, and we are here to turn our attentions now fully and 100 percent to the 2022 season and uh looking forward to it. And we're gonna basically go through each of our sort of hopes and dreams and what we're really looking forward to uh, from this new regulation season. And of course, Tommy, the WTF1 founder and resident Max Verstappen fanboy is here once again. Uh, and alongside, of course, is uh, Katie Fairman, the WTF1 author and has a lovely plant to her left that you can't even see. So I don't know why I've just mentioned that because it's, it's, it's cropped in a way that you can't even see the, see the plant. So uh, both of you, how are you? This isn't our first podcast of 22. You thought it was Tommy coming into this. It's our second one, but our first looking forward to the season. How dare we, how dare we not keep talking about 2021? I'm I'm over talking about 21 now, I think. Yeah, I think everyone is. Actually, no, we will probably we, pro- we will probably yeah, talk yeah. about twenty one when the FIA finally released their investigation into themselves as to why it all went wrong. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Katie, what are you looking forward to? Actually, no, we're going to find that out. But uh, how was your Christmas and New Year? Good, huh? Oh yeah, Christmas and New Year was good. Just chilling out, really. Um, not doing much work and trying to recover. Now that's interesting that you say that because you are a workaholic and you said before that even when you have time off, you like, you like to do a bit of work. Did you actually do no work? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chilled I, I out. Did le- I le- I only did work. five hours a day. <laughs> You're just there at the Christmas dinner table with your laptop. It's lovely. Brilliant stuff. Anyway, back to uh, the, the podcast at hand, but before we do, uh, we've actually been nominated for the best motorsport podcast at the sports podcast awards, which is very exciting indeed. So please go to the website uh, link in the description and vote for us. It would mean a lot, but don't all go at the same time because the website keeps crashing because we keep sending too many people over there yeah. to vote but uh, please, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah like add it to your favorites and then just keep checking every day until it works <laughs> exactly that should be part of your daily routine as soon as the alarm goes off you should be trying to vote for us anyway right tommy let's uh let's start with your thing that you're most looking forward to in the new era of formula one mine is hopefully a closer field. I feel like we should have had a three-word looking forward to review. It, it doesn't feel... It feels weird for you to say mine is and then say four words. Yeah, it does, actually. Just get rid of the A. Hopefully closer field. <laughs> um, yeah, while 2021 was obviously epic and we had this amazing title fight, uh, it was still two teams very far ahead of the pack. Like, let's let's be honest, even... Even a track like Hungary, where it's difficult to overtake and Hamilton dropping to last, he still almost won that race uh, on a track you can't really overtake. So like the the performance gap, you could argue that it's been this way since the whole hybrid era um, that, you know, I don't want to see the gap between fourth and fifth, like 50 seconds anymore. You know, even if it's still Mercedes at the front and like Red Bull and there and whatever, just I don't want that gap like and hopefully the way the new rules are written I'm sure I think we're going to do a video about it eventually but of course we are um, of course we are of course we are uh you know they're they're trying to keep it as close as possible all the time and that's what I hope the most is that we get like you know closer battle the teams are we don't have this massive field spread which unfortunately while we were treated to an amazing season the field spread has been ridiculous for a very long time. And it shows that even just having one other team in the title fight 
we were like, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, it shows how like starved of it we've been. So yeah, um, let's hope that happens because it seems like it should be. Fingers yeah, crossed. I'll, I'll accept no less than eight teams fighting for the championship <laughs> by the final race, uh, nothing less. But yeah, I think our hopes are certainly up for uh, it being a closer field. Of course, you know, the whole reason for the regulation overhaul was, you know, making closer racing, but also to kind of wipe the slate clean a little bit because it has been very much a Mercedes dominated era. Of course, Red Bull won the driver's championship, which Tommy is very happy about um, last year. And uh, but, but apart from that, you know, it, it hasn't been close, as you say. So I'm looking forward to a McLaren, a Ferrari getting involved in the mix. I mean, Ferrari, we'll talk about that very shortly, but more I'm fine if that's the 50 second gap if Ferrari are the ones out in front. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. We don't know. Obviously, on paper, it looks as though it will be closer for many reasons. But the one thing we have said over the course of the 21 season is like, ah, oh, imagine we have these new regulations after the closest title fight we've had in a very long time. And then one team gets it right and they are a second, a second and a half clear, something like that. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but. It could. So we, we will see. You know, there's three days of private testing coming up in Barcelona. Uh, and then we will, have, well, I say coming up, it's still January, match chill out. But uh, and then and we'll have three days in Bahrain as well. But uh, I am, I'm hopeful that it will spice up the, the field. And my, my spicy take from this whole thing is that Mercedes won't be the front running car. Okay, that's interesting. But it kind of links uh, in with my prediction anyway, so carry on. Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. Yeah, well, like you say, with Mercedes, pretty much since the hybrid era, we've tuned into a race and been like, well, Hamilton, or it might be Rosberg, because let's be honest, it probably wasn't going to be Valtteri Bottas, was going to win the race, and that was that. And, you know, it became very predictable. Red Bull did change that up last year, but I'm... Yeah, I'm with Tommy. I'm really hoping that because it's kind of new, clean slate, new regulations, teams have had the same amount of time to sort of get prepped for it, that they will all start nice and level and it will make it more exciting. And they'll be, I mean, George Russell said he thinks there'll be five teams that are going to be fighting for the championship, which would obviously be amazing. Like we, like Tommy said, we were happy with two last year. Um, but the reality is that some teams might have more money to, you know, put towards resources or other teams might have air, more air tunnel time and all that kind of stuff. Wind tunnel time, not air tunnel. <laughs> and, uh, um, and it could well be that we get to Bahrain and yeah, one team does sort of run away with it. But I really hope that the pack does close up with this, these new regs. Yeah. You make a good point. Obviously we, as much as it may well seem like it's a level playing field, you know, there, there is extra wind tunnel time for the likes of Ferrari, who obviously strategically um, placed very low on the, was it the 2019? 20. 2020 standings when they sabotage Vettel's car clearly and just, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but, but where, but where the constructors teams finished, it depended. It, so Haas, for example, would have got the most wind tunnel time. So Haas champions uh, for 22 uh, is basically what we're saying here. But, you know, that there's also the, the, the talk that although the cost cap has come in and the 145 million and all that's, that's been reduced, isn't it? Every year, slightly, the teams may have put in some money before that even was brought in. So they've kind of piled in as much as possible into the research and stuff into it as well. So we will see, I'm still expecting the big teams to be at the top, but um no, it's, it's all a lottery at the moment. Uh, Katie, whilst you were speaking, why don't we go with yours? Have you made it into a three-word thing? Three-word looking forward to review? Um, revisiting familiar tracks. There you go, so, boom. You've boom. added familiar, nice. I'm here all week. Um, yeah, so despite the fact that we've got all new regulations and there's loads of new and exciting things happening this year, I've decided to go for a bit of nostalgia because obviously with the pandemic, um, we haven't raced at some of my favorite racetracks for a long, long time. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, Australia is going to be back on the calendar, Canada, Singapore, Japan, um, all circuits that I really, really enjoy. I know, Matt, you're a big fan of the Chinese Grand Prix. That will be back next year. Um, but yeah, I've just really missed having them on the calendar and um, I'm looking forward to going back there. Although I did enjoy the thrill and excitement that with the pandemic, you know, we raced at Mugello and we had to race at certain areas like Qatar and um, we went to Imola for the first time in, you know, a decade. Um, and the uh, the excitement that came with that of, you know, racing somewhere completely brand new for these cars 
I have missed having some of the old tracks back. So, um, yeah, this year will be the last time we race in Sochi, which because we're going to be um, going to St. Petersburg from next year, which I'm going to still stand by the opinion that last year's Russian Grand Prix was an anomaly. It was a one off. And I think it's probably going to be very boring again this year. So adios. Bye bye. Um, and we've got Miami this year, which is new, which I'm excited for. But I'm also worried that too much hype is just going to set the expectations like sky high and they're just going to come crumbling down when people like when we finally get there and realize that actually it's quite a just standard boring track but i'm happy to be excited until that point <laughs> so yeah yeah I, I i i think i'm probably of the opposing opinion in terms of i actually quite enjoyed the random tracks that were just like hey i'll host uh, because it kind of gave us a, a bit of a, a fresh sort of feel into some tracks where we didn't know who was going to be quick. I think we'll be very lucky to go to Australia in April, isn't it? So I, I think that will, if that happens, then it'll be a bit of a miracle in my opinion. But um, yeah, I, I haven't really missed the Singapore's. China, definitely. Singapore, maybe not so much as a race. I think the spectacle's cool and it's a night race and whatnot, but we have other night races being added to the to the calendar anyway. So I felt like that slot was kind of filled. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think that the calendar that we see now will not be the calendar we get. There are going to be cancellations, I think. Uh, so it's just, you know, an ever-changing game, this this whole calendar and, and what they can and can't do. So uh, but no, I, I like it when, you know, a turkey that's not going to be there, Portimao's not going to be on the calendar at the moment, but certainly will probably be substitutions uh, if uh, if one uh, track drops off. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sad not to see the Portimao's and turkeys, uh, and I'd, I'd gladly have that over maybe Australia and Singapore. I really like Singapore, and I'm, I'm mm. disappointed. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that back, but I am sort of, the same opinion of you where I think the reason I want it back is because we've missed it. And I like that calendar rotation that we've not had that it's been novel. Unfortunately, obviously it's a <laughs> very extreme reason why we've had that. And I don't want that. Uh, but um, in terms of like the formula on the way that the tracks have happened, you know, we had that conversation with Magello of like how good it is that it's mixed up. But yeah, I, there are some tracks in there that I've really missed um Singapore for me being being the main one I know it, it very much divides people where uh some people don't think it's particularly great um I quite like the how different it is to to other races and it always goes on for for hours with very little overtaking like Monaco so I love it um, no, <laughs> yeah, <shock. laughs> um yeah it's going to be interesting to see as well uh the the new cars on these these tracks that a lot of people thought um, the maybe old school tracks uh, have not been suited to these cars. And unfortunately, they're still quite wide, very heavy, um, and already uh, a bit of uh, damning news is I've read that Nico Hulkenberg's been in the simulator and said that he doesn't think that the cars will be able to overtake any easier. So that's fun. Um but it'd be interesting to see. Has he been racing other other simulator people? I guess, I guess so. Yeah, um, from from Jeez. the from the aerodynamic tests and stuff, uh, he says that following cars are, isn't as not going to be anywhere near as good as we think. And I think uh, I'm right in saying when we spoke to Jack at our Team WTF one event, uh, he also said something similar. And I think a lot of people are of the same opinion that no. whatever they do, uh, F1 teams will find a way to make it boring. Um, so. Uh, but no, uh, hopefully as long as it's better, um, and it'd be interesting to see what they can do on the likes of you know, Suzuka that we've not seen in a while. And it'd be nice for, to see Suzuka back, even if it's just for the, the incredible, uh, fans and stuff. But yeah, for me, I think I'm more excited for them to be back because they've not been in there and I like the rotation rather than the fact that they're like my favorite tracks in the world and I want them back. So, um, that's my my take. Really concise. Love that. It was, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you went from both sides of the argument pretty well. well I kind of I kind of am because I agree with Katie <laughs> that I, there are those tracks that I've missed, like Singapore. Yeah, yeah. But equally, I agree with you that I think the reason that I'm happy to have them back is because it's like it's changing every year, and I like that that we've had a mix yeah. in calendar each year. Um, obviously, I don't want the the reason for it to be happened, mm. but uh, no. I'd like I'd like it if they did 
we've had this discussion before of that they do say let's rotate tracks a bit more anyway so it's a bit more fun yeah because i think they came out didn't they uh formula one was it Ste- stefano dominicali said that we could have had we could have a 30 race calendar if we wanted to uh which i think then kind of suggests no not not to have 30 races but yeah, also that but, the yeah, rotation is possible enough, enough circuits uh, so, that want to host stuff so yeah so uh, although some circuits are hosting ten, uh, uh, signing 10-year deals so there won't be much rotation with those ones uh but yeah fingers crossed uh so moving on now to my here we go my three word looking forward to review and it's I'm looking forward to my prediction coming true of Charlotte Claire becoming world champion, Charlotte Claire champion. Uh so like, I am you you I'm just going full 2022 Ferrari hype train uh right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> full I, I feel jinx like train. I feel yeah, full jinx train, but I feel like if I fight it hard enough, the jinx won't come true and I will just I will what's the word? I will be deluded. Like, no, that's not what I was after. <laughs> <laughs> wow katie that was really mean um but i will manifest it into reality uh so no, I, I just i just believe i think that ferrari they've had enough time now where they're not been at the front but they've been taking steps forward and they finished third in the constructors last year and i think they're in a good spot you know this whole wind tunnel thing i think they said I think I read somewhere that they think it will be worth like less than half a tenth their extra wind tunnel time. But hey, look, it might be half a tenth. They only all they need. So I just I've just got good vibes. I've got good feeling that Ferrari will make a resurgence, and I am absolutely here for it. And if that is the case, look forward and subscribe to me fanboying for the for the entire season. Yeah, I'm. I don't think I'm on quite the Ferrari hype train that you are. But of course you're not. I I wonder why. I think if um, <laughs> no, but I think if any team in the midfield, I guess you could say, like for me, I can see Ferrari. This could age really badly, but I feel like Ferrari. I can see them fighting at the front again more than McLaren, for example. In in my head, obviously, this is all we just we're just guessing, aren't we? Really? We've seen, we've I, seen I love no how you like this could age really badly. There's me like Charles Leclerc will be world yeah, champion. Yeah. Like you, you saying this is not going to be as yeah, bad. true, but um. <laughs> In my in my head, I still I don't agree with you that Mercedes will be uh, bad. In my in my head, that Mercedes, the fact that they pushed Red Bull that close in a year where they I know they didn't give up, they clearly didn't give up because the car was amazing at the end. But in a in a kind of in a year where they said, "Oh, we're really focusing on 2022," and to be that good, it's like, "Oh, that's quite concerning." <laughs> how good they were at the end of the year. Um, well, they, they, they may just say that it might be bluffing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We, we don't know. And I just think they're going to be third fastest. I don't think they're going to be the fastest. I'd like it. Be. I would like to see him up there because I think Leclerc and Sainz are two of the best drivers in F1. Um, I've said this many times, but I think Charles Leclerc has got to the point for some bizarre reason that he's become like this criminally underrated driver now where just because he finished five points behind his teammate, everyone's like, oh, he's a fraud and he's terrible and stuff. And it's like, I wonder where you got no. those statements from and why was it Twitter? Yeah. But but the thing is, like, if if Ferrari deliver a car again that's good, yeah, I think Leclerc will be the one that would be able to uh to challenge uh the title. And I'm here for it because the more <laughs> the more the merrier. Let's have a you know a 2010 situation where there's like four different teams that can win with multiple drivers from different teams that can win the title. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? So um fingers crossed one thing i am actually looking forward to sorry before you get in katie is that uh leclerc's had a couple of seasons now where he's not had a you know it's not been a, a front running car of course 2019 was was great to watch and you know he did have some some amazing moments but he also does make mistakes so now that he's had a couple more years to bed in especially at ferrari 22 if he does have a good car there won't really be that excuse that if he does make the mistakes and crashes at Baku or whatever or in Monaco qualifying you know if he wants to win a world championship he has to get rid of those little errors and I feel like maybe mentally he's needed to work on that a little bit because he's obviously you know we've heard team radios where he's been quite hard on himself and I think that sort of self-deprecating way of dealing with things is is probably not the best way of doing it so you know 22 will be an interesting one if they do have a good car 
Yeah, I think we saw them with the new Ferrari power unit towards the end of last year, and it looks a very strong package that they've got there. So it is going to be interesting to see how they get. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Strong package. And Tommy literally just no. Me and Tommy oh. literally just took a drink with exactly the same coloured drink at the same time. I just looked and up and I was like, wait. <laughs> you're both in your WTF one hoodies as well. You're twins. We are the, we are the same person. Oh, that's cute. Where's your cape? Um, <laughs> I'll get a Leclerc cape. I'll open a PO box and someone can send me it. Sorry, Katie, carry on. No, no, that's all right. I was just going to say that um, I don't think Ferrari is going to have quite the year that maybe you're expecting, Matt. Like I said, this is all predictions and, you know, suggestions and stuff. But I just feel that it would be too much of a step forward for them coming off the back of 2021. Yes, it was a stronger year than they had in 2020 where they finished sixth in the Constructors' Championship, which was like their worst result in 40 years. But I feel like maybe they need a few more little building blocks to get to a position where they can be at the front fighting with Mercedes, Red Bull, if they continue to be as strong as as we've seen. Um, But hopefully it's all going in the right direction for maybe 23, 24 when maybe Ferrari can be that winning team again, like we saw a few years ago. But I feel like it's too much of a jump to ask them. I know we've got new regs and everything, but to give Leclerc a championship, basically. I respect your opinion, but I disagree. The dream, the dream <laughs> is the new regs. <laughs> the dream no, is the, the new, new regs yeah, the actually new like switch it up because yeah. if you look at like 2016 to 2017, I know Ferrari then could sort of almost challenge for a title but there wasn't really that massive change when you know the cars looked dramatically different but it was still Mercedes were the best car and it didn't change that much so I think yeah I think everyone's even uh you know I think a lot of fans are more neutrals than they are supporting of drivers at the end of the day and I think everyone will have their fingers crossed that it kind of shuffles the pack a bit because that's what people want to see you want it you want it closer and you want different teams at the front rather than just Mercedes and one other team, be that Ferrari or Red Bull. Who's yeah. hoping? At the end of the day, I just want close racing. If Charles Leclerc and Ferrari are ninth, then, you know, I'll have my sorrow for a few races, but then, you know, I just want that close fight at the front. You know, we want that, that drama and we want that, uh, that amazing title fight that we saw this year. Uh, right. Let's move on to team WTF one, Evan or team WTF one member whose name is Evan, uh, is excited to see Russell in a Mercedes. So am I. I keep forgetting it's real, although Mercedes have been tweeting recently of, uh, in honesty, I'm a massive fan, in all honesty, I'm a massive fan of this. And it's a picture of him in the team gear and and whatnot. Of course, the whole chat at the moment is Mercedes and you know who is going to partner Russell if Hamilton decides to just hang up his his gloves and his helmet um, and his racing boots. Uh, but uh, and his suit and um, <laughs> just got one that really underwear. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why would he hang up his underwear? <laughs> like the racing underwear that they have underneath, <laughs> oh, not, not just like his Kelvin and Kyle. Yeah, no, it should be. It would be really cool to see how uh, Russell is, especially if Mercedes are good. Um, you know, especially how it, he'll stack up against Hamilton. You know, it is a clean slate for both of them. And Russell was in a great opportunity. It has a great opportunity to to, to fight with Lewis Hamilton, um, especially with it being a new car. But I mean, Lewis has always proved that he is great in any car that's given to him because of the way he's won in every single different era of Formula One car. So I wouldn't write him off. But what kind of Lewis Hamilton are we going to see next year? Are we going to see a motivated one that wants to, you know, get his eighth world title after everything that happened in Abu Dhabi or what? We don't know because it can affect people in different ways. So yeah, I'm very excited to see how George Russell gets on um, because it's the opportunity that I think he's now fully deserved. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting because it's not really a dynamic we've seen with Lewis Hamilton with a younger teammate, especially somebody as young as this. Obviously, with Rosberg, they grew up together. So he kind of knew Nico inside out, knew the kind of mind games he would play, the kind of race that he was. Same with Valtteri, you know, that's somebody who he's been familiar with, you know, before F1 and all that kind of stuff. And obviously Alonso and all this kind of thing. But this dynamic is going to be so interesting because obviously Hamilton is a seven-time champion. He's so experienced, often hailed as one of the greatest of all time. And then you've got George Russell who's come in, who showed exceptional um, promise when he was at Williams. You know, he's known as Mr. Saturday and 
He's managed to haul that car to places that it shouldn't have been last year. And he's 23. He's got that fire in his belly. Not saying that Lewis doesn't have that, but, you know, maybe being a younger driver, he's just making sure he makes the most of every single opportunity that's thrown his way. And I think that if that combination clashes, then we're going to see some pretty big fireworks at Mercedes again this year, because as much as I like Valtteri, he was a great second driver on several occasions. It was a case where he kind of, although, you know, he'll sit there and drive to survive and be like, I'm here to win. I'm here to win championships. If Mercedes said jump, Valtteri would just say how high and kind of just follow all of those rules and sort of roll over and just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like Valtteri was quite easy to just say. Okay, fine. Yeah, he was. Um, and I'm sure George isn't exactly going to waltz into Mercedes and just try and piss off everyone he meets straight away. He's going to be playing a team game for a bit, but there's still something that tells me he's going to make sure that his presence is known in that team. And he knows if he does, if he plays his cards right, he is a future of that team and what a team to be, you know, the head guy of in it's a, di- a couple of It's years. a difficult uh, weighing up, sorry, Tommy, it's a difficult weighing up thing for, for George, where on one hand, of course, he's just joined Mercedes, you know, won eight tit- uh, constructors titles in a row and, and things like that. And on one side, he doesn't want to ruffle the feathers and, you know, annoy them and think, ah, oh, you know, they, we've picked the wrong guy. But at the same time, he's a competitor and he knows that if he beats Lewis Hamilton in the 2022 season, his legacy within the sport will probably start there. You know, it, I, you know, people are like, oh, George won't be if that. You don't know. Like George could easily be in Formula One for 10, 15 years, win several titles, but it will start where it goes, ah, oh, do you remember 22 when he beat Hamilton in Mercedes? So that's going to be playing in his head a little bit, I'm sure. You know, it, you, you're only human, but George is also very, um, composed, uh, maybe not Imola, but composed usually, <laughs> uh, at least, uh, at least with uh, most of the time with the media, at least. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's tough. It's a tough one how he plays it because there'll be something in his head that's like, well, you know, as soon as Hamilton retires, I'm the number one driver in the top team. But equally, he might be like, well, in two, three years when Hamilton retires, Mercedes might not be the best team anymore or whatever. So, you know, you kind of want to make the most of it when you're in the best car. Um, yeah, it's a strange one with Russell because the way he, uh, I think it's probably unfair to say he fell off at the end of last year, but he was definitely more anonymous than the mid-season hype of him, obviously getting that P2 uh, in qualifying and the race that wasn't a race. Um, and was he P3, I think, in Russia as well? So yeah, it had like these amazing performances and got some points finishes. Um you kind of forget that the whole narrative in 2020 was us just constantly being like, please, Mercedes, put someone in the car alongside Hamilton that can challenge, even if it's not, you know, I think personally, I don't see Russell beating Hamilton. I think he will struggle against him in the the races, but equally, you know, if we were doing this podcast in 2007, I'm sure a lot of people would have been like, oh, well, Hamilton's not going to beat Alonso and look what happened. So you're right, Matt, like it's never, you you can't disregard the fact that that could genuinely happen, Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, he's going to be, you'd like to think a lot more of a challenge to Hamilton than Bottas. And that's the most interesting thing that even if Mercedes uh, do nail the regulations, you know, they've had all this this time to prep. And even if they are, hopefully not, please, please don't be. But back to like 2014, 2016, where they're half a second every every lap up the road, then please, uh, at least let's hope that there's a battle between the two of them. Because that's what we want to see at the end of the day. Like it'd be amazing yeah. to see Russell do that, not just be... <laughs> not just sit there for two years and be like, oh, I'll play the team game until I get my turn. Like, yeah, no, I doubt, no one I doubt that's going to happen. I doubt that's going to happen. Um, because at the end of the day, if Russell was quicker. And when he's and in the car, a... when he's in the car, it's a completely different story. It's, 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 yeah. We say uh, similar to um, Hamilton and Alonso. You've got to think really Sebastian Vettel and Leclerc as well. It was a very similar situation. I don't think anyone would have thought that Leclerc would in two races be you know, making the question of, uh, was it Bahrain, wasn't it, where Vettel actually 
he passed Vettel and had so much more pace. And Ferrari didn't yeah. know what to do because they've had this whole uh, thing in place where Vettel was the number one driver for ages. We could see another situation like that. So, yeah, I think Russell is definitely one of the most uh, exciting things for 2022, definitely. Oh, George isn't a thing. He's a person, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Coet Gill 5, number one on Verstappen's car. Uh I'm sure there's one person in particular in this podcast that's looking forward to that uh, the most. Um, but it's cool to see the number one back in Formula One. It kind of reminds me of Shumi days because that's what Shumi run. So, uh, yeah, I mean, not many comments for me on that one apart from, yeah, it looks it'll be cool to have it back and uh, Max will flaunt it, I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be the first time since 2014, um, which is the first year we had personal numbers and Vettel took it, obviously, Every year, Hamilton's won the title apart from Rosberg, and he retired. So um, we didn't get to see, we've not seen the number one in Formula One for, yeah, for ages. But um, for me, I guess we could talk about like how we think Red Bull will do. I'm slightly concerned that they put so much effort into the end of 2021 that maybe they'll struggle again. It's all just speculation. Um, but if I think back to 2013, you know, when you had uh Vettel he won nine races in a row uh absolutely walked the title and he had that whole radio message of like we need to remember these days because we don't know if it's going to happen again and then the next year Red Bull really struggled <laughs> and it was like oh mm. and I think at the end of 2013 you know they were so dominant that people would be like oh no Red Bull Red Bull won't won't fall off no chance um I yeah I'm slightly concerned that they might take a bit of like they might have been left behind who knows? But I think for me, where Max will, uh, where he can enjoy something is the fact that he normally scores maximum points for the team. So even if the car isn't on the same level as maybe, say, for, say Ferrari, it comes true, Matt, and Ferrari are, yeah, yeah, are yeah. good and, and Mercedes are good. <laughs> um, you've got to think that uh, Russell, even if he doesn't beat Hamilton, will take points off Hamilton occasionally. Um and equally, uh, you know, Leclerc and Sainz might do the same. Whereas Max normally, uh, on the basis of this year, will be the one that's always scoring the maximum points. Uh, and that's going to help him. And that's going to be quite an interesting narrative to see if, say, he has an inferior car. If Mercedes then go, oh, actually, this wasn't a good idea. Because we we said it, didn't we, that... Uh, and I'm not afraid to admit that I thought there's absolutely no way they're going to put Russell in the car because it'll just there'll be occasional points where I take off Hamilton. Imagine if Russell was in the car this year, I think maybe you know Max would have won the title before because it was always about Max getting the maximum points and Lewis getting the maximum yeah. points, and that's why they were so close all the time. So um, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see. Although I did read something that Perez said that. He now no longer wants to be a wingman and he's going for the, the title, but I can't see that personally. No offense to, to check in. You do that, Han. Um, well, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's cool that the number one's on there. I'm sure Max is going to absolutely milk it with merchandise and stuff like that, but fair play because I would do the <laughs> Tommy same. Tommy will be the one buying it. All. <laughs> yeah, literally. You got to get that cash money when you can, you know? Um, but yeah, apart from the fact that it will visually look quite cool and I guess lets people new to the sport maybe know that they're world champion, but is that really a thing that people tune in and recognise? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's not really going to be a highlight of my 2022 season, I'll be honest. But I'm sure for a Verstappen fan, <coughs> Tommy, Loving it's it. great. Yeah. What about you, Frank? What do you make of, uh, what do you make of Max having number one uh, on his car? <laughs> yeah? Oh, just, perfect. Mm, just Good. Like, mm. Good, uh, good chat. Right. So next up, Team WTF1 member Devin uh, is looking forward to a new United States Grand Prix. Miami gonna be lit, I think is uh, pretty much uh, the thoughts on that. I think from what it looks like, the prices are absolutely extortionate to go to Miami. So uh, like it's over a grand I've, I've, I've heard. So uh, yeah, that's quite a lot of money. Uh, but uh, yeah, looking forward to Miami. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of US ifying of uh of miami and you know they will go full guns blazing and try and just make it uh, as big a, a show as possible so uh yeah i'm looking forward to it i think miami will be a really cool uh cool spectacle and um yeah bring it on it's gonna be exciting i mean 
like Miami as a venue, most people have heard of it. If you were to say, oh, we're going to Hockenheim, people would be like, what? What? Whereas everyone knows where Miami is. Everyone knows the Will Smith song. And uh, yeah, if they don't I mean, get I'm not Will saying Smith there is an absolute disaster it, of a marketing strategy. Yeah, isn't it? that is just going to be disastrous if they don't get him. Like at least waving the flag or like on the grid or something like that. Maybe, maybe he's every, the every anthem. Tra- every traditional F1 fan is just fuming at Katie now saying, no one's heard of Hockenheim, but everyone's heard of Miami because of the Will Smith song. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, like I a casual, mean. Yeah, yeah. casual yeah, yeah, yeah. person. Yes. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm just a little worried that there's going to be so much hype and excitement around it that the race is going to be rubbish. But hey, that hasn't stopped Monaco from being the jewel of the crown. So maybe... And that's amazing. <laughs> maybe Miami um, will be up there with the likes of Monaco in terms of people knowing that it's happening and recognizing F1. Don't know. But it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I want to go. But like you say, tickets are crazy expensive. And um, I think they've already sold out and all this kind of stuff. So maybe one day. It's all right. You're the WTF on author. All you have to do is a little, little DM <laughs> or something, I'm sure. Hi, guys. Go and give me a ticket. It's going to be one of those races where, uh, yeah, like people, it's going to be one of those races where everyone sat home is going to be like, oh, I'd love to be there. Um, but again, like Katie mentioned earlier, will that will that hype just, we have like a, a really dull race and it's not particularly exciting because... I don't know. Um, looking at the track, I'm I'm disappointed that they never went with that um, crazy layout that they first did. Do you remember the one where they went all the way along that bridge and then looked oh back at itself? I mean, that it was, was a disaster ridiculous. waiting to happen. Wasn't I know. It? it was basically like Baku times 10. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I always like seeing new, new tracks, like we said, like having the calendar mixed up and stuff. Um, yeah, it should be good. Next up, Luba leave. Uh, Lewis's revenge championship win when he wins the championship with four races to go. Wow. I thought you were confident with the Leclerc prediction. Yeah, I mean, that is that's that's manifesting a kind of championship I don't think anyone wants to see, which is a runaway winner. Um, but uh yeah, that that could be one side of Lewis Hamilton that I mentioned earlier that we will see if he does fully commit to next season, which we don't still know. And I know Sky in particular are pushing the uh, storyline of, oh, you know, the longer it goes on, the longer, you know, Lewis may not, may not come back. And I'm just there like, but he's on his winter break. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. and he signs contracts with like two hours to go before the race these days. So not literally two hours, but you know what I mean? He, uh, he does leave it quite late. So I'm sure he's just chilling at the moment, but uh yeah, I I th- I think we will see a very motivated Lewis once he decides to come back. But um, there are questions up in the air. Yeah, I think uh, Hamilton's going <laughs> to. Frank's popped in his head up. Um, yeah, I think for me, Lewis is the favourite uh, going into title, even with you know the new regs and stuff. Um, and I think he will be. I think he will be completely motivated to win that title, and I can't for one second see him uh, retiring. So I know you're, you're absolutely going, loving a prediction in this thing. You're just like, um, oh, I can't see it. Lewis is the favourite. Mercedes is going to win by 100 points. Well, I'm, I'm I, can, I don't think they'll win four races to go. Uh, I really hope not. Um, I know what you're doing, Tommy. I know what you're up to. What, jinxing? Yeah, you're doing no, that thing. No no, 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 you're doing that thing. I had but to I do highlight genuinely, it. I do genuinely think that Hamilton will be the favourite and the fact that he's going to come back and be more determined. I don't believe for a second that he's just because he's not posting on social media that suddenly he's like, oh, he doesn't like F1 anymore. So I think, uh, oh, he unfollowed F1 on Instagram. <laughs> Must mean that he's definitely retiring. Oh, yes. No. I mean, he unfollowed um, everyone. So. Yeah, exactly. Even <laughs> Roscoe. He? You follow Even unfollowed Roscoe. everyone? Oh, wow. That must mean something. You know you're hurt when you unfollow your own dog on Instagram. Yeah. I'm just thinking, actually, do you remember last year, completely unrelated, when Lewis Hamilton accidentally tagged George Russell and said Roscoe? <laughs> in the dog picture, yeah. <laughs> How? How does that happen? Accidentally. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that, you that just let him, know. Letting him know what, where he's going to be. That was for the, the team. Yeah. I'm I sorry. That was my highlight of 2021, actually. That was really funny. <laughs> of everything, that is. Everything that happened that season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like having this as a bold prediction, isn't it? Because I mean, that's literally what happened every year, apart from last year, with Hamilton taking the championship in Austin or wherever it might have been. Um, so 
yeah, I, I think he'll come back. I don't think, you know, he's the, the guy's just taken some time off social media. He's just having a social media detox, which can be such a healthy thing to do. I'm sure behind the scenes, he's not exactly going to be like stuffing his face, eating all his Christmas chocolates, watching series on Netflix, you know, putting on Gavin and Stacey or something. I'm sure he's working hard. <laughs> But um, everyone's like, oh, my God, he's not done a post. He's going to quit. But I mean, ready for this to age badly. But he's probably just getting his mental health, physical health ready to absolutely wipe everyone clean in 2022. Wipe everyone clean. That was a poor choice of words. (laughs) Oh, you're quite dirty. Let me wipe you clean. Here we go. (laughs) Right. Next up, Team WTF1 member Alessandro. I really hope that all those teams that focus on the 22 cars see their efforts pay off. Specifically having Haas back back in the midfield and Aston Martin fighting for podiums. I mean, Haas have absolutely no excuse. They didn't turn up last year. They literally put out an F2 car for the entirety of that season, focusing on the new regulations. So you'd have to think that Haas are going to be somewhere further forward than than where they were uh, last year. So, you know, we'll see. I want to see Mick Schumacher uh, especially, you know, showing what he can do because you can't really see that when he's three laps down and only fighting his teammate. So, yeah, I want to see what Mick Schumacher's made of. We saw a little bit of that in Hungary where he was uh, a bit up the field after that chaotic start and, you know, he was fighting hard to try and maintain position. So I want to see more of that. And Aston Martin fighting for podiums? I don't know. Not sure about that one. No, I think Haas, I mean, Haas have to improve because it makes me wonder how long Gene Haas will be happy putting his name to that team if they don't because they've just become kind of the laughing stock of the grid, really. So... I would be interested to see how they get on this year. But I mean, this is the thing. Everyone is hoping to improve, which comes with new regs and hoping to seize that opportunity. But there's still going to be 10 places on that Constructors' Championship. There's still, (laughs) Frank is having a look. And uh, there's still going to be somebody that has to finish last, that has to finish ninth. And, you know, if everybody says we're going to come in this year and we're going to do better than we did last year and hopefully move ourselves up that field, then it's not going to work because it would just be the same order if everybody's going to make that improvement. So I don't know. Gunter Steiner said that, you know, Haas would struggle to catch up without the new rules, but whether Haas are going to be midfield team, I personally can't see it. They just don't have the money. They don't have the resources. Um, Putting two rookies in that car in 2021, I still think was uh, a silly mistake because how are you going to, expect to get that kind of knowledge and understanding of the car that somebody with years of experience in that other seat would have I don't know as much as I love Gunter and he delivers on like the funny drive to survive memes ha 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 like at the end of the day I can't I don't know why he's still there which I know is a bit brutal but like there's just no change if this was you know I don't know I'm trying to think of another team that's an an example of but they should not just be yeah, like it, it, they it, should it not have just gone be stripping. Yeah, hundred percent. But whether they keep him on because he's comical and he, I know <laughs> he's got get, loads of experience, they get three episodes of Drive to Survive. Well, every exactly, year dedicated this is the to thing. Them. And people then know who they are, like in the states and all this kind of stuff. But um, he's—I just think he's not quite the right person to be running that team. But I'm sure they'll keep him on because. He, I can't actually say it because that's actually rude because it's from Drive to Survive, but he bleep smashed the door and I just ruined my laptop. <laughs> what a chaotic <laughs> <Yeah>. segment. <laughs> I, um, you guys obviously got into uh, the Haas part. I think even more so like Aston Martin are the ones that have no excuse because the absolute hype train that they are on at the start of this season uh, and they were, for me, easily the most underperforming team of what we expected. Um with all the budget and how Lawrence Stroll's big and everything up, like they need to be, they need to be up there um, next year. But like Katie said, <laughs> all these teams like Ferrari are going to be really good. McLaren are going to be really good. El Plan, Alpine are going to be really good. Uh, Haas have taken you off. They're going to be really good. Only like there's only one winner of the championship. Uh, and equally, you know, that, you could have a you could improve quite a lot, but if five other teams improve more, then you know you're 
finishing pretty low down in the championship. So um, it is going to be really interesting to see all these teams. Uh, I always think back, I know it's a bit of a boomer reference, which I can't believe I'm saying is a boomer reference when it's like 2008, but uh, when uh, BMW Sauber like sacked off the championship with Kubica to focus on 2009 and the car was dreadful. Um, yeah, I think people like Aston Martin are really going to have to hope that there's not a repeat of that. And, and I'd even say Alpine as well with the whole like, I mean, they literally put L plan on their rear wing and they're, they're hyping that so much of like, we're going to be really good next year. This is what we've been working towards. So now's the time to actually deliver that. Is L plan actually a thing? Is it a sponsor? Is it like, is it literally just a phrase? It's just a phrase. A phrase. Okay. Plan so I, I feel like they, they didn't have a rear wing sponsor. They were like, you know what? Let's meme it. Let's put L plan on there instead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but either way, let's actually beautifully segue into the next one from Tease Van der Tween. Thighs. I'm sorry. Is it thighs? Thighs? Like thighs. J, J is a what? J is a All Y. Right, cool. All right. <laughs> oh, I love, I love the being able to pronounce things. Okay, Thais van der Twin, L plan. That's it. That's what they're looking forward to. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, Fernando Alonso had a slow start, but very nice ending to his season last year, and uh, showed that he still got it. Really, so Esteban Ocon's, you know, reasonably up to speed as well. So Alpine, I don't know. This, do we not? I don't know. Yeah, I, think, I feel know. like the actual it's... lineup itself is or is pretty good. Like I think Fernando Alonso in particular, if he is able to get that car up there, he can defend for his life. He's one of the best defensive drivers in Formula One. So if Alonso even gets a sniff of a podium or a win, he'll be all over it. That's the dream. I'd love Alpine to be up there because it'd be great to see Alonso, Alonso versus again. Hamilton. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be so good for him to have that because obviously he he left the sport because he was just disillusioned with the fact that you turn up and if you're not in the Mercedes you can't win um so he'll be hoping that this year like as much as the fans are that it's actually close because yeah all these teams hyping up next year and this is the year that they get to to catch on like Alpine are the ones that yeah pushing this L plan thing um I really hope it happens, but I don't know. I can't see. I can't see the order changing that much. But I really hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, Renault and Alpine, obviously, they changed names for 2021. Have been making steady progress. Obviously, Danny Rick got a few podiums when he was there. Esteban Ocon got that podium in Sakir, um, and then last year he had the win and Alonso's podium in Qatar. So they're making steady progress up into getting into a better position but I don't quite know when Alonso saying L plan like what is L plan is it to win the championship because that's not going to happen is it to get more podiums is it to get more points is it to get to fourth is it to get to third like it's all very well throwing L plan around and I'm loving it getting aboard the L plan hype train you know I asked my brother what are you most looking forward to in 2022 and he said L plan so there's plenty of Fernando Alonso fans that are, are happy about this resurgence of his F1 career and all that kind of stuff but I just want a bit of clarity, Alonso. Come on. You have to be careful, Katie. You already got a shout in London once. Don't be saying things like Fernando Alonso is not going to win the title unless you want to put your <laughs> put your shouting where your mouth is. <laughs> if I'll tell you now, if Alonso wins the title this year, I'll get a Fernando Alonso tattoo. There we go. <laughs> That's how confident I am that he Tommy's, won't yeah. get it. Yeah. A permanent get, tattoo. I'll Can get we get clarification here? <laughs> I'll get L not plan the Daniel Ricardo. L plan <laughs> yeah. on your forehead. Permanent. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll put it somewhere discreet, but I'll get El Plan oh, tattooed on me. Oh, I, uh, forget Charles Leclerc. Wins. Forget Charles Leclerc. I am on board the Fernando Alonso World <laughs> Champion now. now. Yeah, you're going to regret that, maybe, Katie. <laughs> no, no. I, I hope after the first three days of testing in Barcelona, Alpine are like a second clear of everyone else. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> Katie's just sweating on the podcast. Like, I literally, oh, yeah, yes. no, I'm a bit like, oh, God, what have I, just <laughs> said what have I said? Oh, I'm so here for that. Thank you for that, Katie. That's brilliant. So we look forward to Alpine being the world champions next year. Uh, right. And finally, one more. Team WTF1 member, Sazzy BM. Most excited to see if other teams can 
put it up to Mercedes and Red Bull. Would love a five-way fight for the championship. I think we pretty much covered that, really. We've already kind of mentioned uh, that we want to see more than two teams fighting for the championship. Uh, unless either of you have anything more exciting to say on that topic? No, it really is just what we're all hoping for, isn't it? Closer and more people involved. Not well, that's just... not what I'm hoping for anymore. I'm hoping for El Plan. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'm just thinking or both the of my like Ferrari posters coming down, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alonso posters going up. Next, I'm gonna have a Fernando Alonso cape behind me soon. <laughs> All my predictions and like things I've promised to do if so and so happens have always been if Fernando Alonso like underperforms. I just want to make it clear I'm not a Fernando Alonso hater. I just am stupid and I make stupid promises. <laughs> you just stupid. doubt him too much when he's well. No, but he, I mean, he's fueled like, really? by the doubt. Yeah. It's I really like, think um, that he could be world champion next year. It's like if, um, he, if he got the car, hundred percent Alonso could win the title. But Fernando Alonso is fueled fueled by doubt, just like in the Christmas films where Santa is filmed by Christmas spirit. Like the more you doubt him, the more he will. I don't know why the reference to Christmas film, but here we are. It's because I <laughs> I watched a lot over Christmas. So Katie, look, look at I can see the uh, worry in your face, which is a beautiful way to end this WTF one podcast. I think. Um, thank you everybody for for watching and listening to this twenty twenty two. What we're looking forward to podcast. Tell me final thoughts. Uh, you I can't were say Merry out. Christmas now. Can you I? Okay? Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas for twenty twenty two. Please vote for us in that podcast thing. Nice. The website. Yeah, link in the description. But all go one by one. So if you could all communicate and go one by one onto that website. <laughs> uh, and Casey, what's your final thoughts? Um, Sorry, El- Fernando. So yeah, again, oh God, I'm going to come across as such a Fernando hater, but hey ho. Ah, it's Hopefully, fine. you know, there's, you just there's don't think he's going to win the championship. Other, there's 19 other drivers that uh, could technically win it. 19, really. You think, maybe, think maybe every 18. driver on the grid could win the, the driver's championship okay interesting um, right that's it Katie for, uh, you've done your final thoughts that's beautiful uh, hashtag, hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion uh, moving forward uh, give us five stars a thumbs up subscribe all that good stuff wherever you are um, we hope to improve on our Spotify rankings in 2022 because it's uh, it was going up what were we where were we highest Tommy uh, we were, were highest fifth I think in the in sports. UK sports yeah. podcast, was it? That's and, lovely. Yeah. And we'll have lots more podcasts coming to you uh, over the course of 2022. So look forward to that. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye, Bye Frank. Bye. Bye, wow. That, that was a pathetic way from you, Tommy. Well, I was picking him up. No. You to pick him up. No. He's a small. Oh, I should have said Yornif. Yornif Fernando Alonso would be well done. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave this now. Right. Frank. Yawn if Katie is getting an L plan tattoo. Yawn if Katie is getting an L plan tattoo. <laughs> <laughs>